the hard shoulder. With Nissan. Number one for petrol in Ireland. Number one for electric. Nissan. Innovation that excites. This is News Talk. Well, one of our treats on a Monday is to be rejoined by Stephanie Regan, our relationships guru and a qualified clinical psychotherapist. We discuss any matters uh, of interest. And if you have a query, do text us the usual number 53106 or email us at com. if you would like her to advise you on a specific relationship or related uh, problem. This week, we're going to talk, Stephanie, you're welcome, Thank about you, third parties. That is people outside of a couple, which one of them might be infatuated with. Mm-hmm. It comes after a recent survey found 10% of married people still hold a candle for someone else. Stephanie, what do you make of this? Well, it's a shock horror. Um, I suppose... 10% is probably high enough, isn't it, if you think of it as a married person yourself. I think it's um, it's high enough. And also in that survey, it mentioned that 25% of people who are in long-term relationships, dash marriages, would like to rekindle a relationship with an old flame. Right. So that's even more serious, I think, because it's 25%. So the question is, is it a problem? Is it a bad sign for a relationship? Is it a bad sign for the marriage? You know, should we only have eyes for our own? And, you know... What does it say about the relationship that we is have? Is it normal? Because like if you say to people, actually, this isn't shock horror, you yeah. shouldn't be in denial about it, just be, uh, you know, like it's, it's, don't feel it undermines your existing relationship. Well, Would absolutely. that be your starting point? Well, I mean, let, let's be straight. If you're alive and kicking, as they say, you should be able to notice fabulous other looking, you know, yeah. other people who are really attractive, other people who are very but attractive you're, you're not personalities. You're encouraging it, are you? No. Well, well, we'll see by the end if we're encouraging it. But I think it's important, as they say, you know, to look at the menu. And it's important to keep, I suppose, really what I'm saying here is it's important to keep that side of yourself alive. Therefore, it's not a necessarily in itself a problem. It is, of course, a problem if it interferes with the relationship. It is a problem if it persists, if you're acting on it, if you're taking steps to kind of, how would I say, give time to the fantasy. If you are, if you are following them on social media, if you're making a point of meeting them and crossing paths with them, then I think you're past the point where you're just what you call having a peaked interest in someone else in a passing way or otherwise. So, yes, it can be problematic and I think one has to be straight about that. So let's put it into a few boxes. You could have exes, you could have flames for which you might be making comparisons with your current partner and say, well, I actually found it easier to live with the other person, but I may be more attracted to the present person. Okay. And then you could have people, work colleagues, yes. that you're infatuated with yes. that you can't have. Maybe they're in a relationship as well. Yeah. So this could be somewhat circumstantial. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's very well known that that uh, a lot of very good friendships that can turn into into romance start at work because you've a lot in common, you're spending a lot of time together. Deirdre always says that, you know, like there's no such thing as very best friends in opposite sex. You know, it always, you know, she knows, she says, says, it doesn't work out like that, Ivan. I must say, I I know I don't agree because I think now, I mean, obviously, maybe it depends if they're exactly the same age as you or something, but I've had great friends, male friends in work who I would lunch with and lunch with and lunch with over time and we really, you know, share an awful lot, but no fancy issue going on. Would you go drinking with them? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, back to Proceed. the serious business of is it a problem? Okay. It's so when is it a problem? It is a problem when your own relationship does not have 
the balance that it should have, which is that you have, you know, a vibrant and alive, intimate life going on between the two of you. So a little attention from the opposite sex, I think, can be, you know, it boosts all our confidence. It, it can boost desire. It's well, well known in that respect that it does. And, you know, if it's, if it's not an issue in the relationship, then I don't think you have anything to worry about. But if it is an issue, it may very much, you know, it may, may be very much that your relationship is in, in a kind of an ebb and flow time, you know. And this is often when we see relationships and, and affairs starting up. And we all know that, you know, desire ebbs and flows and uh, in, in a longer term relationship. It sure. happens with children. It happens with life stresses, job issues, as you said last week, we were talking about stresses, financial stresses people in your in your family who are sick, all of that kind of thing, and hormonal changes. So there's a lot of things that can make it ebb and flow. And if you, you know, if this isn't minded in a relationship, the point is you you're, you can look, look beyond. I mean, the other really important thing I think to remember in terms of desiring the other, you know, talking about the old flame. I mean, the very, the very name, you know, says it. It was it was the relationship that had intensity. It was the you're remembering the time of the intense attraction, the intense beginning. I don't know what way it ended, but, you know, often these things are frozen in time and frozen in some ways in an idealized, an idealized kind of Especially way. Especially if it's a first love. Of course. Yes. And, you know, it's completely um, idealized in your mind. And I think you have to remember that if you met that person now, they might be sure. a very different one, might be a very narky it's person. A very good point. Somebody you would not like. So, I mean, I think this is uh, the thing that this made me think about was the importance of taking, understanding your own desire and understanding the important, uh, importance of keeping the sexual alive in the relationship. Because relationships now, we try and get everything in the one place. And I, I don't know if people, listeners have heard about Esther Perel, but she's a very, very smart psychotherapist also who talks a lot about about mating in captivity and the diff- the difficulty in keeping desire alive in this relationships that we're in now that go on for 30, 40 years and that we're trying to have all of the things in the one place, security, predictability, familiarity, all these things that we find in love, in the loving relationship. But that on the other hand, we also need some unpredictability and some adventure. Some excitement. Some mystery, some surprise and some excitement. So so when we go on to fancy others and, you know, that may be that side of us that's sort of coming to life a little bit. And I think we know that if you're, you know, anyone who's in a long term relationship knows there's times also when your own desire can go down. And it's quite important to know them. And they they certainly... You know, desire de- decreases not only in those ebb and flow times of children and all of that, but also if you have too much responsibility, too much duty. If there's, you know, desire can die if you can't be in touch with your own kind of healthily selfish self. You know, if there isn't space for you to think about you. And I mean, because that's really what's within the intimate, isn't it? You have both you have both the the love and the predictability and the safety, but you can also completely... Um, meet your own physical desires. And, that's and what, what about, about if you're having sex with your partner or your, your, your spouse yeah. and you're thinking of someone else? Well, again, I think once off Does anything... Does that happen? Well, I imagine it happens. I can only take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would definitely say it happens. And I think... Do text again, us, 53106, if that's yeah. ever happened to you. <laughs> I think the point about thinking about something else and somebody else, the point about this is that it's normal 
too for your mind to wander. It's normal for these things to happen, but you have to read them for what they are. Like, do you need to be attending in a different way or asking for different things in your relationship? Because what happens is, I think, people think everything should just happen. It should all just happen, you know, how would I say, by osmosis. You know, it should just happen anyway, but it doesn't. The truth is that desire... The sexual and the love all requires attention. So we've talked a lot about minding the love. We, it's also about minding the intimacy. Okay. What about knowing yourself? Well, exactly. I think it's important to know, A, what, what you, not just in the, the technicalities, if you like, of the sexual, but knowing when your own desire goes down. I mean, I think we all know that, as I mentioned, responsibility, la, 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 all of those things. But also, sometimes people's desire shuts down if, if, if they feel too selfish for wanting. I mean, that can come in if, if your partner isn't well, of course, or if there's, if there's too much pressure on the, your partner. So, so there's many times when it goes down, when you're too busy, when you're too tired. You know, when you haven't got anything left to give, when you don't feel connected. So there's, these are the times that desire might shut down for you, but it's good for you to know so that you can work them out. It's kind of self-awareness. Yes, okay. at a deeper level. Yeah. Because you have to have that playful side of you, that sexual side of you. It has, it, it's not just going to exist anyway. You have to kind of... Now, it will exist anyway if you're 20, but it won't exist anyway as life goes on and your relationship is 30, 40 you know, mm. 20, 30 years in play. Because and what age cohort are you aiming this at in terms of self-awareness and, you know, it, it, dealing with third parties? When is the risk period at its maximum? In the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s? We appear people breaking up in their 50s That's right. I, I think, it, well, the seven-year itch, of course, is always... Um, marked out yeah. and while I didn't freshly look at this today the, the figures you see around the six year mark are that you know this this closeness the, the chemicals really ease off because of the closeness and the fact that you are together all the time which brings me to the point that one of the things that really helps is it's, it's shown that even if you're with your partner and your partner is say 20, 30 years you're 20, 30 years together you're 10 whatever you want to right whichever it is the times that people feel most desire for their partner again in a long-term relationship, is A, when they're gone, when they're away, which I know is kind of counterproductive, they're mm. gone, but nevertheless, it's when they are away that they that the desire arises uh, again. What's this checklist and, you have at the end here? Kiss more often, remember what it was like when you first met, yes. keep in touch with your own sexual self, think about sex, think about what you would like, where and when, yes. let your sexual self be alive. What's all exactly. that about? That's all about if you want your desire and your intimate life to increase, one, stay away from each other for a little bit, give each other a little bit of privacy. Let, you know, enjoyable, when you do things in an enjoyable way, like socializing together, that's why people find that desire sort of lifts because you're looking at your partner in their sort of element and enjoying themselves. And if you don't attend to it, it dies. That's it. It's terribly complicated, this relationship. Very complex business, business this. <laughs> My thanks, as always, for simplifying it. And uh, I think a lot of people in long-term relationships can relate to that. My thanks, as always, to Stephanie Regan, clinical psychotherapist. And if you have a query, do text us in 53106 or send us an email at the hard shoulder. But for now, as always, Stephanie, thank you. 